Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death and the second most common cancer among both men and women in the United States. But how do we increase the awareness and screening within our practices? I'm Dr. Jennifer Cottle, host of Everyday Family Medicine, and joining me today is Dr. Nina Malinin. She is the Director of Interventional Pulmonology, Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine of the Lung Center at Grandview Health in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. Dr. Malinin, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. So let's first start out with some basic facts. Can you talk to us about uh, lung cancer rates and statistics between smokers versus non-smokers? Can we start off there? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Lung cancer has actually increased exponentially over the past years because of the increased rate of smoking. Um, Smokers are at risk to develop lung cancer because of their habits and their um, exposure to environmental causes in addition to the fact that they were smoking. Unfortunately, we have noticed also that non-smokers, whether they were exposed by secondhand smoking or just because they had the genetic predisposition to develop a lung cancer, also are rising, especially women. Women have noted an increase in lung cancer without any history of smoking by close to 50, if not 60% over the past few years. That's amazing. And, and I think that's really an important point because oftentimes I think the public and even the medical communities, we really think of lung cancer as often being a smoker's disease. But what you're telling us is it, clearly it's not just in smokers. Absolutely. It affects both smoker and non-smoker. And the uh, outcome is pretty much the same. The most important fact is to diagnose it early and uh, catch it at stage one or stage two, even 3A, to be able to resect it and uh, complete it with some chemotherapy or radiation. And the uh, survival rate then goes from 10, 15% to an 85% survival. Okay. And, and that's obviously one of the keys here. And with everyday family medicine, one of the things we talk about on this show is, you know, primary care and our role. And we'll get into a little bit of that, uh, the primary care physician's role later on in terms of screening and prevention, because it's very important. Before that, let's talk a little bit about lung cancer and how we talk about lung cancer. You know, we often, and when I say we, I'm talking about the public, I'm talking about on television, radio, we often hear about breast cancer, we often hear about colon cancer. But do you feel like we hear enough about lung cancer? Uh, What are your thoughts about that? Absolutely not. We do not focus on lung cancer the same way we focus on all their cancers. And um, recently, as I started um, this new uh, lung center in the rural area, I reached out to multiple primary care physicians. And it's the medical community, and I was hoping that I would be uh, able to just confirm uh, the uh, ability to do lung cancer screening at local hospital, and many of them were surprisingly not aware of the ability to just order a low-dose CASCAN based on certain criteria to be able to diagnose early lung cancer in their population. So that's how I came about trying to increase uh, awareness of lung cancer and trying to get as many people as possible involved in realizing that there is a possibility now to be able to screen for lung cancer the same way we would screen for breast and colon. Unfortunately, the media and the general public are not focusing enough on uh, increasing awareness and stating that if you have such and such criteria, you do qualify for screening for lung cancer. You need to get the 
the ball rolling and be proactive about asking for screening methods from your primary care physician to be able to gossip it, to detect the tumors and be able to resect them early enough. It was a, really a big surprise that we don't hear about it as much as I said, a breast cancer. We don't have ribbons that are available. The walks are not as advertised as everything else that's involving colon and breast and even prostate. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And I, that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad that we're actually, we're talking today, you know, to our colleagues, but also hopefully to the world at large about this is so important. You know, you mentioned screening programs, you know, as a, as a family doctor myself, I, I remember, I guess it was maybe, was it 2014 when the new low-dose CT uh, screening guidelines sort of came into play? Was it two- As of January yeah. 2015, it was, um, In 2015. It was by Medicare. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, honestly, I have to say I was excited and, and like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about those guidelines and what doctors we need to be thinking about who that patient is that we can send for screening for lung cancer? Absolutely. So the uh, criteria based on the National Lung Screening Trial were established to be any patient that has a smoking history uh, of uh, 30-pack years, whether it's one pack for 30 years or two packs for 15 years, of age 55 to 74 that are asymptomatic would qualify for a low-dose CAT scan. Low-dose CT will allow a less amount of radiation to be used, but to have enough information and enough cuts within the lung CAT scan to visualize any nodules or tumors that might be present. And uh, prior to January 2015, private only certain private insurance were allowing their prescriber to actually perform the low-dose CT. Thank God, as of January 2015, finally MCS get on, got on board, and uh, they are now, Medicare is now, and Medicaid are now reimbursing low-dose CT scans for screening of lung cancer. This is fantastic. This is wonderful. You've talked about this throughout the whole first half of the interview, but just reiterating to our primary care doctors, why exactly we need to be proactive about screening our patients for smoking history and then ordering the CG scan. Why is this so important? It is extremely important because it can be curable. Lung cancer detected early can actually be cured. Unfortunately, the majority of the patients that end up having lung cancer and symptoms are way advanced. And think about it this way. If there is a tumor in the periphery of the lung, if there is a nodule that's actually suspicious or malignant in the left upper lobe or right upper lobe, for the patient to be symptomatic, it has to affect one of the main windpipes, one of the main airways in such a way that the patient would be coughing up blood or coughing up period. Uh, If it's in the periphery, they will not be aware of what's going on. So, If we are able to order the low-dose CAT scan early enough that we can catch the nodule or the mass before it affects the main airways, we can resect them and hopefully not have to do a complete lobectomy or numinectomy, but only to do a wedge resection, which means just take out a piece of a lobe of a lung instead of going for a drastic uh, surgery. And why would we want to avoid drastic surgeries? It's because patients that have COPD and emphysema that are at risk for lung cancer can have terrible lung functions, which would make them terrible surgical candidates. And the least amount of lung you can take out, the better it is for them. 
Unfortunately, you're going to tell me if they have advanced lung disease and if they are COPD or an emphysema patient. What if we do the low-dose CT and we end up finding lung nodules or lung masses in the periphery? Would they be then surgical candidates? Well, thanks to new technology today, they might not be surgical candidates, but they can definitely undergo a fiducial placement, which will allow them to have a specific high-dose pinpoint radiation to the mass using cyber knife or any other type of radiation that the hospital would have. And uh, they could have very good results because then they would limit any metastasis to the other lung and hopefully um, pretty much ablate the nodule via radiation. Basically, we're talking about earlier detection. We're talking about saving lives. We're talking about hopefully preventing and reducing morbidity and mortality from lung cancer is really what we're talking about. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Cottle, and with me today is Dr. Nina Malinin, Director of Interventional Pulmonology, Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine of the Lung Center at Grandview Health. Uh, now, Nina, I, you, I know you're very passionate about this topic, and I, I love that, and I, I really appreciate that. And I want you to talk a, a little bit about why. I mean, certainly we know the numbers, we know the statistics. As physicians, we all want to help our patients. But talk to me about your personal commitment to bringing awareness about this topic. So, as you are probably all aware, interventional pulmonology is a new field that has developed over the past few years. We actually just started a uh, association, and we're working on starting board certification to be able to actually officially um, make interventional pulmonology a new subspecialty. So, I was trained in the tertiary center, and I lived in uh, near Philadelphia, from in Dorstown, which took me an hour and a half to two hours sometimes depending on traffic to actually reach work. And I've been meeting patients that actually were traveling from rural areas and trying to reach out to tertiary center to be able to benefit from the technology that we have today. And uh, for personal reasons, social reasons, I decided that maybe my role as an interventional pulmonologist will be better served in the rural area at home to allow patients from a social standpoint, from a uh, family standpoint, to be able to get the care they deserve without having to deal with whether it's traffic, whether it's finance, whether having to take time off work, whatever it is that will be a hindrance to getting the right care to treat a cancer that is deadly. And I decided to reach out to a small community hospital and Grandview Health and expressed my uh, wishes to be able to bring the tertiary center back home to the population because it should not be a limitation to not have uh, transportation methods or financial support or even family support to be able to travel to the cities and travel to the tertiary center. And I was really excited and happy to see that Grandview has allowed me to build a lung center, a one-stop shop for the uh, rural areas and the suburbs. And I was really, really happy to see that I was able to serve patients day one. I started my uh, journey with the lung center this past week. And after the first few hours in office hours, I was able to meet patients that actually at the end of the visit told me, thank you so much for allowing us to to have this care back home without having to worry about traveling to the city and having to worry about parking and taking time off work and uh, finding a family member that would be able to drive us 
keeping in mind that some of them are already on oxygen, some of them are really debilitated from the pulmonary standpoint, and others just because of being involved with uh, their own children and their own family members that might be sick would not have had luxury to be able to go to a tertiary center to be worked up and to be intervened upon. So I'm really looking forward to helping more people back home without having to actually sacrifice their own life for the service of the one that they love. And I'm here to hold their hand, not only at the early stages, but even for a palliation standpoint. And that will be the ultimate reward, is to be able to help these patients not only uh, in detecting early, cure them, but also if they are detected late, unfortunately, I can still provide them with whatever the tertiary center would be able to offer them, which would be um, advanced therapeutic uh, bronchoscopies in relieving a central airway obstruction, in relieving what would have been a death sentence, an earlier death sentence, which, uh, for example, if they had a lung mass or a metastatic disease that would uh, block off completely a right lung or a left lung, that means for right now, uh, prior to this technology, it would have meant to go home on hospice on morphine or uh, some oxygen and some nebulizer treatments. But thanks to the new interventional pulmonology techniques, there's the ability to put stents in, to laser and carve out the tumors from the main airways and allow them to actually have the additional few weeks, few months maybe, because then they would be able to have both lungs. They would be able to breathe better and do whatever they would like to do and have their hand held all the way till the end. Wow. And that's amazing. It's absolutely what patients need. And I think it's fantastic that you're able to address this in the community that you're in. You know, we just have a minute or two left. And I wanted to ask you, as a primary care doctor and for all the primary care docs out there listening, what advice do you have for us about how to approach our patients? Uh, what do we need to be remembering? What do we need to stay on top of and kind of not forget? We should be on top of increasing awareness about lung cancer. You need to talk to them. If they are a smoker, if the, even if they're not a smoker, you have to ask them and screen for secondhand exposure and environmental exposure. And if the questionnaire and the screening is positive, in addition to the um, national guidelines now for lung screening, if any signs of positive risks are identified by primary care physician, they need to pursue a um, smoking cessation program, pursue a healthier uh, lifestyle, and of course screen them to make sure they are detected early enough that they can actually be cured rather than being just uh, provided with palliative and uh, support and hospice care. Wonderful. Dr. Melanin, thank you so much for joining us today on ReachMD. Thank you so much for having me. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Cottle. You've been listening to ReachMD. To download this podcast and others in the series, please visit reachmd.com forward slash everyday family medicine. Thank you so much for listening.